Welcome everyone to tonight's shir and in our new venue. Now from now on we only give shirim in uh, sporting venues. Like the Gemara says, Asidin, Tartarois, Vekerkesois, Leos Makoim, Malam De Torah. So we're practicing for uh, Madison Square Garden and MetLife Stadium. So you can't go straight from a shul to MetLife. You have to the gym slowly. Okay. Um, we're continuing our shirim on Sefer Devarim. Shirim on Sefer Devarim are sponsored again by our dear friend Dr. Zakheim, Mishpachta Lila Nishmas, Rabshalom Eliezer, Ben Harav Yaakov, Shamashav and Aliyah, Bilmeel Tsyoshar, for the Homeshpach, Adbiasgal Tzedek. Tonight's shir is sponsored by my dear friend Michal Hafman, Moshe Michal Halevi, where Mavarachim and his Mishpacha with Simchas and Nachas for a service gazint, Adbiasgal Tzedek. Okay, so the parsha begins with what we call a, a stira, a contradiction, Meneobeh. The parsha begins, Vahaya Ekev Tishma'an. And it will be, according to the Targum, the reward for mitzvahs. So the parsha begins talking about the reward for mitzvahs. I'm gonna, it's going to rain, and you're going to be blessed, and you're going to multiply, and you're going to proliferate. All the blessings. That's how the parsha begins. You may have forgotten that last week's parsha ends Asher Anoichi Then I commanded you today to perform them. Upon which the Gemara Erev and Darshans Hayoyim La'asoisam. Today you do the mitzvahs Umachar Lekavel Scharam, and tomorrow you get the reward. Well-known Gemara Hayoyim La'asoisam. Today you do the mitzvahs Umachar Lekavel Scharam. Tomorrow you get the words, the reward. From here we learn, There ain't no reward for mitzvahs in this world. You know, it's a famous song. There ain't no reward for mitzvahs in this world. You don't get rewarded for mitzvahs in this world. The problem is that these two principles juxtaposed to each other are a contradiction. The last words of Eschanan are, Today you do the mitzvahs. Tomorrow you get the reward. In the end you get the reward. In the afterlife you get the reward. And the opening words of Ekev are, V'hoya Ekev Tishmon, and here's the reward for mitzvahs. So if you would remember what we learned last week, you would say, well, wait a second. Last week we ended, there's no reward for mitzvahs, and this week we begin, there is reward in this world for mitzvahs. So the Yechida in the Sefer Roish David, he calls it, Tarti Tisasrin Ubedibor Echad Nemro. It's two things that contradict, and they're all said in one statement, the Chidah writes in the Rosh David on the seventh line. How do we reconcile Hayoyim La'asoysam with Bahaya Ekev Tishma'an? Comes the Chidah, and the Chidah says an amazing thing. And that is, for the mitzvah itself, the mitzvah itself is a divine decree. You're fulfilling a divine command. There is nothing in this world that would adequately reward somebody for the performance of a mitzvah. There's What's Rav going to give you? Pizza? What's he going to give you? A hot dog? He's going to give you a steak? As if that would be an actual reward for a mitzvah. Can you hear me there? You can hear me? Yeah? What's Hashem going to give you? Money? Here you did a mitzvah. He's going to give you money? These are not rewards. How could that be? There's no earthly reward that could adequately um, pay back for a mitzvah. Mitzvah is divine. So the reward has to be equally divine in Olam Haba. However, whatever you put into the mitzvah, the human effort, the amelos, the toil, the simcha that you put into the mitzvah, that's human input that you're rewarded for in this world. The simcha you have when you do a mitzvah 
is that you're rewarded for in this world. Chazal in many places say the word vayehi is a lashon of tsar. Vehaya is a lashon of simcha. So we read the psukim as follows. Today you do the mitzvah, tomorrow you get the reward. But the simcha that you put into the mitzvah, and that you get rewarded for even in this world. So in other words, the actual mitzvah, the essential mitzvah, that's hayoyim la'asoysim, you do it today, you get rewarded tomorrow. The simcha for, that you put in for doing the mitzvah, you get rewarded in this world. Ekev is reward. Reward. Ekev is chalaf, the Targum says. Reward. Fine. So we're going with this notion, the word vehaya is a lashon of simcha. On that note, let's study a Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Lamed Amad The Gemara is discussing, is simcha good or is simcha bad? Is it good to be happy or is it good to be miserable? Many people enjoy being miserable. They like being grouchy, depressed. People get a kick out of being depressed. In other words, you know, blaming people. It gives them a inner satisfaction to be miserable. So is it good to be happy? But is, is happiness good or is happiness bad? So we have a stira. One place Shlomo Amel says, Vishibachti Simcha. I praise Simcha. Says the Gemara, that's Simcha Shal Mitzvah. But Simcha Maza Oisa. What is Simcha? That's regular Simcha. Simcha Sheena Shal Mitzvah. Says the Gemara, Lilamedcha. This teaches you. This teaches you that the Shechina does not reside. Shechina, Shechina, Shoira. Loi mitoich atzlos. If you're sad, the Shechina doesn't reside. Veloi mitoich atzlos. Not from laziness. Veloi mitoich schoik. Not from laughter. Veloi mitoich kalos roish. Not from lightheadedness. Veloi mitoich sicha. Not from idle conversation. Veloi mitoich dvarim betelim. Not from empty words. Ela mitoich dvar simcha shal mitzvah. Shenemar. Like the Navi says. Elisha said, Elisha was looking to get prophecy. He said, and it wasn't Shweki, it was the Navi Elisha, Ba'ata Kachu Li Menagain, Bahaya Kimenagain, Hamanagain, Batihi Allah Yad Hashem. Elisha said he, he called in the musician, play music for me, and when the musician played music, then the Spirit of God rested on him. So we see that the Spirit of God only rests on a person, mitoch simcha. Says the Gemara, v'chein l'dvar halacha, it's the same thing for learning. If you come into the shir in a grouchy, bad, depressed mood, you're not going to fully understand it. Your mind will be somewhat closed. But if you come in a happy, jovial mood, if you come in an upbeat mood, then you'll, uh, the learning will be uh, digested easier. Likewise, if you want to have a good dream. Let's say you want to have a good dream. You want to dream about you're resting on a cloud and they're feeding you grapes and you're floating through the world on a hot air balloon. So if you want to have a good dream, then you have to be in a good mood before you go to sleep. If you were in a bad mood before you went to sleep, then you're going to have a bad dream. You're going to be chased by wild animals. You're going to be... There can be robbers running out, you know. So if you want to have a good, uh, good dream, you should be in a good mood before you go to sleep. So basically, three things in this world need happiness. Number one, the shechina. If you want the shechina to rest on you, you need happiness. Number two, um, to understand Torah, you need have to have happiness. And chaloim toy for a good dream. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? 
really, to learn, you need to be in a good mood. But Rav Gidl said the name of Rav. Any student that doesn't sit before his rabbi, dripping with awe and sweat and terror, if your Rebbe doesn't terrorize you, you will not understand the learning. You need to sit before the rabbi in terror. You're scared? Then you're going to learn. That's the only way to learn. You have to be in awe of the Rebbe. If you think your Rebbe is your pal, your buddy, you're not going to learn a word. You have to be in terror of the Rebbe. Your mouth has to be dripping with bitterness. Like the Pasuk says, Don't read it, but The lips of those who learn. Don't read it, but bitterness. So we see that you have to be very serious and frightened when you learn. So Gemara says it depends. The rabbi should be in a bad mood, in a good mood. The student should be terrorized. And then the Gemara gives a different answer. No, it's talking about everybody. It depends. It depends before you start and after you start. Before you start, you have to be in a good mood. Once you get going, you have to be serious. Like Rabbah, Kihad Rabbah, Mekame de Pasach Lul Rabbah. Before he started Shir, Amar Mosa de Bdichusa, he said a joke. Ubadchi Rabbanan, and the rabbis laughed. It's a chiddush, because many rabbis try to say jokes, but that the people should laugh, that's a chiddush. Right? So, Rabbi Feiner says good jokes. What? Here. The people, um, actually, when I started in Rabbanos, I also um, wanted to start my shiram with a joke. So, of course, I called up my father, Zolgazunzayn. My father was a big speaker. He spoke in, uh, uh, for Kirov and many college campuses. So I, told, I said over my, my uh, opening drush, and of course, I started with a joke. And my father said, Dani, stick to the Divrei Torah. So, that's what the Gemara says. You should start with a joke. You should start with a joke. You start with a joke, the rabbis laughed, and then, Yosef Be'emsa, they sat in fear, Upasach B'Shmaita, and they began the learning. Now, so basically, the, uh, there are three things you need uh, happiness for. You need happiness for the Shechina, you need it for a dream, Mare Chaloim, and you need it for Halacha, says the Ben Eshchai, the Rashi Tevois of Simcha, Simcha stands for Shechina, Marechaloim, Halacha. Those are the things you need Simcha for. You need it for the Shechina, for a dream, and for, um, and for Halacha. In fact, the Ben Eshchai says that a person is, consists of four elements. Atzlus, um, laziness and sadness come from the element of dust. Levity comes from fire. That's why when people laugh, they turn red. And lightheadedness comes from water. And uh, znus comes from water. And dvarim betelim comes from ruach. And you have to be careful from all of the above. Now, this, is, this was a very interesting gemara to me. Rabbah started off the shir with a joke. So before we get into what were some of Rabbah's all-time best jokes, when Rabbah came in, knock, knock. Right, well... <laughs> <laughs> Is that how Rabbah started this year? How many Amoraim does it take, you know, to change a light bulb? Well, well, how did Rabbah start this year exactly? What were the 101 of Rabbah's best jokes? <laughs> yeah, an Amoraim, uh, 
and I'm on a galuch, and I walked into a, a tavern. I mean, that, that's how Rabbah started the shir. But the first thing that hit, struck me is why Rabbah? Rabbi Akiva didn't say jokes. Rabbi Akiva, we know, when he wanted to wake up the Talmudim, he said a medrash. Why did Esther rule over 127 Medinois in the merit of Sarah? Why didn't, Rab, why didn't Rabbi Akiva say, knock, knock? You know, the, the, children, the Talmudim were sleeping. So he could have said, you know, who's there? You know, Sarah. Sarah who? Sarah who ruled over 120. Why, why Dafko Rabba? Why not Rabbi Gamliel? Why not Rabbi Tarfoy? Why not, I don't know, any other Amaira? So I started to research the life of Rabbah. Amazingly, of all the Amoraim, Rabbah lived the most tragic life of any sage in the tan- of the Tanam or the Amoraim. The Gemar Moed Katan says, while Rabbi Chizda lived 92 years, Rabbah only lived 40 years, so he lived a very short life. Moreover, while Rabbi Chizda celebrated 60 weddings in his family, Rabbah had to suffer 60 funerals in his family, children and grandchildren. He lost 60 descendants. So, moreover, while other Amaram were wealthy and they were able to afford uh, grain, a wheat, flour, Rabbah could not even supply his family with barley. So Rabbah lived short. Rabbah suffered personal tragedy. I mean, 60 shivas... That means he sat Shiva for 420 days. That's about... That's a good chunk of his life. That's about a 20th of his life, a 30th of his life. Moreover, he, had, he was poor. Moreover, nobody liked him. He was a rabbi. You say, who says that? The Gemara says in Shabbos, Abai said to Rabbi, for example, you who everyone hates you in Pompadisa, because Rabbi used to tell them, you know, he used to tell them, Rabbi please, can't bring your phone into the Beis HaKnesses. He used to tell them, there's no talking about that, so that they, they couldn't take him. They didn't like him. So he, he was not healthy. He was poor. He suffered 60 funerals, and nobody liked him. In fact, I looked in the uh, Sefer Toldos Amaram, or Bichil Mechel Stern, he brings, this would explain, the Gemara in Erevin says that when Rabbah wanted to make an Erev, Erev Shabbos, he didn't even have bread to make an Erev. This explains the Gemara in Gittin that he uh, had debt that he could not pay. Not only that, because they hated him in Pompadisa, they tattled on him and he died young. So Rabbah lived a very tragic life. You could imagine, of all the Amoraim, what Rabbah had to overcome to be able to give a shear was quite a hurdle. So perhaps that is why of all the Amaram, he is the one who would start his shir with a little bit of a light remark because of this personal circumstance that he had to endure. But now let's get to the, let's cut to the chase. Rabbah was, uh, now some say, why are you speaking about jokes this week? Is it because this week is the yard site of somebody who passed away? It has nothing to do with anybody who passed away this week. It's completely coincidental. But, um, so what happened? Rabbah would start his shir with a comedy routine. Well, what exactly did Rabbah do? So I was in Lakewood on, on Sunday. No, seriously, that's not a joke. I actually was in Lakewood on Sunday. And I went into a Svarim store, Judaica Plaza. I mean, what's going... You think there are a lot of Svarim in the Svarim stores over here? Oh, my. In Lakewood, the Svarim store, you have... It's, I don't know, it's bigger than the gym over here. 
you know, the number of books and on every single subject. So I asked them if they have any sparm on jokes. Really, because I want to give a share on jokes. So you have any share on jokes. So I went to the owner, and the owner was said he once saw something. Maybe he found the safer on riddles. On I said I don't need riddles. I need jokes. Halachas of jokes. I want to know the halachas of jokes. So they couldn't find anything. But he said if you look in the hakdamas of of certain svarim, they may speak about the union of starting with a joke. So that's what I did. And amazingly, in the Hakdama of the Sefer Pnei Yehoshua, and I can't believe I never saw this, because when I was in Yeshua, I used to love to read the Hakdamas. In the Hakdama of the Pnei Yehoshua, he's bothered that Chazal say that uh, the rabbis would start their shirim with a joke, ask the Pnei Yehoshua, first of all, what, Rabbi started his shir with... Um, with uh, how many amorim it takes to change the light bulb. I mean, he did, Rabbi did stand-up comedy when he, when he started the shir. He says this is muksa me'adas. Heaven forbid to think of such a notion. He, what, he took out 101 best jokes for amorim, and he said, he said a joke. First of all, that's ridiculous. Second of all, the Gemara clearly says, in the context of what you're allowed to do before a shir, the Gemara says, the shechinah does not reside, not from conversation, and not from lightheadedness, and not from schoik, and not from leitzonus, and not from dvarim betelim, so, and not from kalos roish. Not from life. So clearly, Rabbi's not saying stand-up comedy before he started his shir. The Gemara says, the shechinah does not reside from any of these things, only from simcha shel mitzvah. And therefore, the Pnei Yeshua says, we're forced to say one of two approaches. Approach number one was before the shear. The shear was a very complex shear about a very sophisticated halachic sub- subject. But in order to sort of whet the uh, intellectual appetite of the students, Rabbah would, would begin with like a, a sharp, clever um, trivia question or a riddle. It wasn't a joke. It was just not meat and potatoes of Torah. It was more what we call talmidim to sharpen the students. In fact, Rabbah throughout Shas, the Gemara said, Rabbah said that to Abaye? And the Gemara says, yeah, Rabbah Rabba did it to sharpen Abaye. By the way, in, in Poland, the Derech Halimot in Poland, in let's say the 16th century, in the times of the Ramah, was something called Pilpal. Pilpal was basically intellectual acrobatics, where it was not real Torah per se, they would invent. They would invent principles of logic. Based on that, they would build other arguments, and it was like one sharp idea based on another. But it was not really sourced. It was not true halachically true. It was merely to sharpen the minds of the students. So that's what Rabbah did. He wasn't saying jokes. He wasn't saying comedy routine. There was once a couple in Miami Beach, and they... No, no, that's not what Rabbah did to start the shir. Rabbah gave l'chidudei uh, ba'alma, just sharp, uh, clever questions and answers to sharpen the mind and what the appetite of the, of the students. Or, the Pnei Yeshua says, the shir was about a very complex halachic subject. Takfa kayim, chardal, sveksveka, you know, chazaka, ruba v'chazaka. But he started this year with a little agarata. That's what it means, mostly the b'dichusa. He gave a little story, but, but Torah, it was Torah, it was real learning. It wasn't, it wasn't a joke, it was real learning, but it was of a little bit of a lighter nature. That's what it means that Rabbah began this year with milsa um, d'bdichusa. Yeah, mitach simcha. 
Well, first of all... Okay, but I guess the Pnei Shua said, well, Rabbi got up and he did a comedy routine. He was a Barchin. Rabbi, why did the chicken cross the road? So one Talmud said, because the Shoichet was chasing after it, and the other one said, because... Because we were roiv, roiv chickens, uh, no. And Rabbi said, no, to get to the other side. <laughs> and that's how he started the shir. Okay, but you know, there are lines that, you know, there are, I don't think, uh, Rav Chaim Kinevsky ever started the, the shirim with a knock-knock joke, you know, I doubt it. So, but this is the opinion of the Yeshua. Likewise, the tshuva meyahava of Rabbi Lazar Flackles, who's this Talmud Muvak of the Neid Behuda, he also says, any intelligent person will understand that Rabbah, the master of the whole Shas, he was not speaking levity, he was not saying jokes. Why would Torah need jokes? Torah itself is Mesameach, Pekudei Hashem Yisharim, Mesam Chilev. You're now to learn Torah on Tishabah. Why? Because Torah makes you happy. Well, if Torah makes you happy, what do you need a joke for? You're allowed, but you're, jokes you might be allowed to say on Tishabah other than the fact that it distracts you in the chur, but you can't learn, because learning makes you happy. So Rabbah started with a joke. Why would you need to start learning Torah with a joke? So the Tshuva Me'ahava says, similar to the Pnei Yeshua, that if you just start with learning, and you start with halacha, then you're in danger that somebody might learn just for the intellectual uh, st- stimulation and the intellectual challenge, and they won't be learning L'Shem Shomayim. So Rabbah began with Agadita. Agadita are the moral and ethical lessons of the Gemara. This way people would gain a little Yerushamayim so that they would learn with the proper perspective and the proper attitude. That's what it means. Rabbah began with Milsa Dibdichusa. Even, says the Chumayava, Shlomo Melchin Mishlei. He also begins in this vein. Look at number 10. Shlomo begins Mishlei. Mishlei Shlomo ben David. Ladas Chachma, you want to know wisdom? Umusar, you want to know Musar? Says the Tshuva Me'ava, Shlomo was Paiseach, um, Shlomo began, Bechachma Paiseach Sharem, with wisdom, he opened his gate. He started Ladas Chachma Umusar. But then he says, you want to know Chachma? Then in the next Pasuk, Lakachas Musar. First you have to learn Musar. First you have to learn your Shemaim. If you learn your Shemaim, the Torah will be digested and assimilated in the proper way. And finally, one of the greatest Rabbanim in the 19th century, Rabbeinu Yitzchak Elchanan Spetter. In fact, in Europe, every Jewish home had a picture of Rabbi Yitzchak Elchanan. And he, he has a sefer on halacha in Yitzchak. And he observes that many authors, many mechabrim, if they write on halacha, they have a hakdama about agarita, and says the uh, Rabbi Tzadkachanan, I also in my hakdama, I'm going to start with a subject of agarita, like we find in Mesech the Shabbos, Lamed Omebez by Rabbah. So clearly he understands that Rabbah was not telling, starting the shir with comedy, Rabbah was starting the shir with agarita. That's how the Pnei Yoshua, the Tshuva Me'ava, and the Rabbi Yitzhak Khanaspect to understand, Rabbah was not joking. Rabbah started with Torah, but most of the Agarata. But lo and behold, Rabbi is this unanimously understood that that's what the Gemara means, that Rabbah started with a joke? Comes Hagoin, Rav Moshe, Feinstein, Zechatzak, Lavracha, in the Dibrois Moshe. 
one of the most complex svarim you'll ever see. And Ramosha says, when the Gemara says that the Shechina only resides mitach simcha shel mitzvah, this simcha shel mitzvah we're talking about over here is not, oh, the Shechina only comes if you do an actual mitzvah. What did Elisha do? Elisha got a guitar player. He got a musician to play music. What, what mitzvah is there to listen to music? There's no mitzvah to listen to music. So we see from here that if you use external stimuli, which is not inherently a mitzvah, in order to facilitate the mode of being, to be able to do the mitzvah with greater hislavas and greater devotion and greater enjoyment, then the stimuli that you use also becomes a mitzvah. Says Rav Moshe, when Rabbah joked around before the shir, it wasn't Divrei Torah, it wasn't Simcha Shal Mitzvah, it was a joke! He said a joke! Now, I don't think it was a knock-knock joke. I don't think it was, how many rabbis does it take to change a light bulb on the sun? It was like, you know, when my grandfather would make a joke, he would say, how do you know you're not going to go through a red light? He says, Exactly, right? That kind of joke. That's, you know, it's not schoik, it's not kalas, right? It's psukim. It's, it's, it's psukim. So, uh, but Ramosha learns that Rabbah actually joked around before the shir. Because when you joke around before the shir, people are more interested, they're more excited, their hearts are open, they're able to comprehend. If you, if you walk into a complicated Gemara and you're fartracht, you're, you're, you're distracted, you can't, you can't process it. But you come in in a good mood, you hear a good vart, a, a good joke, then it opens up the mind. Who else learns this way? Like Rav said, right? Who else learns this way? The Balatanya. <laughs> the Balatanya and the Sefer Tanya, Perak Zion. He writes and, uh, that jokes open up the, uh, one's das, and if somebody says a joke, to open up the mind, to be misamech the heart, to be able to learn Torah, to serve Hashem, to, because it has to be besimcha, that is part of Avodah Hashem. In fact, Rav Pinchas Friedman, the author of the Shvilei Pinchas, he just came out with a new perush on the Sefer Tanya. And in his perush on the Tanya, he brings that there's a klipa called noiga. And jokes come from the klipa of noiga. This klipa is like, you know, the shell from the dark side. And normally jokes would go to the dark side, but if you're mechavin in the joke to elevate you, to put you in the right frame of mind, to learn Torah besimcha, then if that's your kavana, it can't be you're just saying the joke, but you don't want, you don't have in mind levity. If your kavana and saying the joke is to be in a good mood, to be able to learn, then it takes the joke out of the klipa of noiga and it brings it to kedusha. He even brings, what about regular conversation? In other words, you know, there's a sort of a frightening Gemara. The Gemara says, V'dibar tabam, you should speak in Torah, V'loi bedvarim betelem, and not idle conversation. So here the Gemara enjoins, um, the Gemara encourages that one should not speak idle conversation. But as human beings, most people throughout the day are speaking words that are not words of Torah. So is there any way to elevate even regular conversation into Kedusha? He brings from the Sefer Arve Nachal, a Rav David Ivshitz, that if somebody went in the course of their conversation, they're focused to make sure that every word they say is MS, is true, and they're careful that every comment they make is accurate, 
then that's also another way to elevate even mundane conversation. So bottom line is, there is a major machlekes whether these jokes that Rabbah said, were they not really jokes? It was Agarata Gemara. It was, he would start with a lighter vart to sort of whet the appetite of the Tamidim. And that is the opinion of the Pnei Yeshua and the Tshuva Me'ava and the Ein Yitzchak. Or, as Rav Moshe seems to understand it, did Rabbah say a bona fide, certified, authentic, genuine joke? That is the opinion of Rav Moshe and the Balatan. I believe Rabbi Yonason Ibishitz says and maintains that Rabbah actually said a joke. Because why should you start with a joke? So one, well, the simple reason is because you gotta, you gotta get people's heart open. You gotta get the heart open. Rabbi Yonason Ibishitz says another reason. There's an idea that whenever we do the mitzvah, do a mitzvah, there's always an opponent that we have to be concerned with. And that opponent is He's not going to just let it do. Imagine you wake up in the morning, okay, I'm going to get out of bed, I'm going to run, I'm going to put on tefillin. The Yitzhahara says, no, you're not. First, you're going to check your phone, then you're going to check your WhatsApps, then you're going to check your emails, then you're going to check your WhatsApps again, then you're going to check Yeshiva World News and Matzav. Yeshiva, it's like going to Yeshiva. It's like learning in Yeshiva. It's the same thing. And it's already, by the time he's finished with you, it's 7 p.m. Yeah. So the Yitzhahara would never let someone put on tefillin. So what do we do? We throw the Yitzhahara bone. Out of every tefillin shalroish, you have hair sticking out. You know that? You ever see it? Notice that? You have hair. What is that? The hair of? An egal. Why? Because we have to make believe we're doing something wrong. So that the Yitzhahara says, Oh, you're reminding God of the chid egal? No problem. Go to shul and put on tefillin. And he backs off and he lets us do the mitzvah. There's a concept, every mitzvah we do, we have to do something to throw a bone to the Yitzhahara so he doesn't take us head on and knock us out and stop us from doing the mitzvah. It's called shoychad the satan. You always have to bribe the satan. Yeah? So that's very good when you do a mitzvah. How about when you learn? What bribe do you give the satan? Says Rebbein Sinai, says, when you learn, you start with a joke. You start with knock, knock. Who's there? Gladstein. Gladstein who, right? So, so you say, oh, they're just joking around. They're, they just came to show, to kibbutz, to, to laugh, to schoik, dvarim betelem. And he backs off and then he lets you learn the Gemara. So the role of the joke is it allows the satan to back off and to allow you to, con- to continue learning. By the way, the Bnei Yisachar writes, even when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, he also started, not quite with a joke, but with a lighter comment and then he took it, then he said, okay, roll up your sleeves, we got to get, you know, now we're going to get to the meat and potatoes. Why? Because um, as an introduction to Kabbalah Satara, the Pasuk says, So you should say to the house of Jacob, You saw what I did to Egypt? And God says, I lifted you up on eagles. And now Israel, listen to the mitzvahs. So the Bnei Sassar wants to what's now. And now listen to Mitzvah. Now and not when. And not later. Actually, listen now. The Bnei Sassar says like this. Whenever you learn, you have to start with a lighter comment. So God also, he started with a lighter comment. He said, hey guys, remember me? I'm the God. I gave you a big ride like on a roller coaster, on an eagle. And you went flying in the air. And oh, wow, yeah. Okay. And now you better listen to me. 
basically enough with the kidding around, enough with the light comments, enough with the vertlach and the eagles and the flying. Now roll up your sleeves. Listen to my mitzvahs and keep the mitzvahs. So even God, when he gave the Torah, he also started with somewhat of milsa dibdichusa. Now, Here's another reason. The Gemara says in Chulen that they were learning a sugya about Shechita and they had a shayla, a very complex shayla. They wanted to know what is the shear of Kedei Shechita? And the Gemara says it's shechting between one animal and another. And the Gemara says an animal and another or a bird and another animal? And Rav said, tell you the truth, I don't know. Rebbe didn't say a joke today so I, I didn't ask him. So Rashi said, the rabbi didn't say a joke and therefore I didn't ask him. So Rashi explains that when the rabbi would make a joke, the Talmidim felt comfortable with the Rebbe and they would ask more questions and they would clarify. But because the Rebbe didn't joke around that day, the Talmidim didn't ask the Rebbe to clarify. So here's another aspect of the joke. The joke makes it that Talmidim think the Rebbe likes them, so they're going to ask questions. Because the rabbi comes in, he's all serious, he's all buttoned up. And uh, some guy cracks a joke, and the rabbi is looking at him in deadpan. Then uh, that that kid's not going to ask any questions, and he's not going to clarify the learning. So the role of the joke is um, to to elicit more questions from the talmidim. Now, I I do have to say that I was once discussing this subject with Harav Agoyin Rav Eitan Feiner Shlita, and he told me a vart which I found on the sheet. He told me another vart. And I'm going to tell you about that vart. And then I shared a vart with him. Tell me about it like this. You know, so, so one of the reasons that you have to start learning with a joke is why? Because you got to throw the Yitzhahara bone because otherwise he's going to interfere with your learning. But that's only when men learn. When women learn, you ever notice when, when there's a sign, oh, there's a men shear. So you have a small group. You have this huge room, and you have a couple dozen people, you know, you have a few people that come. Where's everybody else? You know, there aren't, you know, there are more than 20 people who live in the five towns. Where's everybody else? The answer is, the Yetzirah is very good. He's very, he's very good at what he does. So why is it then, that when there's a woman shear, all of a sudden there's a woman shear? It's like the Siyam Hashas. Every Siyam, every woman shear, it's packed like sardines. It's standing room only. By menshir, it's like, uh, you know, what happened? Where is everybody? No, they had a vart, they had a l'chaim, they had an upsharen. What do you mean they had a l'chaim? It's a three weeks. Nobody's getting it. No, it doesn't. They got a heter to have a l'chaim. Right? It's tishabov. There are no simchas. No, there are things going on. And by women, the answer is, because the Yetzirah doesn't really have a problem with women learning, learning Torah because they're not mechuyavas. They're not obligated. So if they're not obligated then women don't have to joke before they start. Only men have to joke. Because men have to worry about the Yetzirah. Women don't have to joke. Ah! Piha Pascha B'Chachma. When her mouth, she starts with Chachma. You know why? The Soiras Chesed Alashan. Her Torah is, is a freebie. It's Chesed. She doesn't have to do it. And therefore she starts right away with Chachma. She doesn't have to start with a joke. Piha Pascha B'Chachma The Soiras Chesed Alashana. Women, when they start, no joking around. Because their Torah is discretionary. It's the Torah's chesed al So, 
Rav Eitan Feiner told me that many years ago he saw. No, that was serious. I don't joke around. So, um, he saw like this. That not only, no, this is serious. Not only do you have to start a share with a joke, you also have to end the share with a joke. And that's the pshat. Smechim b'tseisam, b'sosim b'voyam. They rejoice when they leave, and they're happy when they come. So it's not enough to start with a joke, you've got to end with a joke. I said, Harav HaGoyin, Rav Eitan, where, where is this? He saw it so long ago, he hasn't seen it since. So, that was a good challenge for me. Baruch Hashem, I found it. And it's in the writings of Rav Shlomo Kluger. Where? In his comments in the Siddur of Rav Yaakov Emden. But not in the old, old edition, and not in the new edition. This is a trick I know already. There was an intermediary edition of the Siddur of Rabbi Yaakov Emden with choice comments of Rabbi Shlomo Kluger that are not found anywhere else. We've already had a number of shirim from these comments of Rabbi Shlomo Kluger. And he says in the davening, Smechem mitseisam v'sasim b'vayam, but at the shir in the middle, oisim b'eima ritzoyin kainam, they learn with b'eima v'yiram. He explains like this. Now, that's not talking about people at a shir. It's talking about the angels. Why do the angels, they leave smechem, they come sasim, and in the middle, oisim be'ima. So he says as follows. We all believe that let's say we do a mitzvah. Let's say somebody was menachem avel. It's a big zuchus to be menachem avel. Or somebody did biker chayla. Did they do it? No. God gave the person ability to walk. He gave him the car. He gave him the ability to understand the person's situation. And he assisted him in doing the mitzvah. So really, we're not doing it. The Yibbana Shem is assisting us. So what's our role in the mitzvah? Our role in the mitzvah is the initiative to do the mitzvah. The choice to do the mitzvah. So before you do a mitzvah, you should be happy. Why? Because you took the initiative to choose to do the mitzvah. While you're doing the mitzvah, what are you happy about? You're not doing it, God's doing it. You're only getting credit for taking the initiative. After you did it, you should be happy that God allowed you to do it. That's what Rav Shlomo Kluger says. So you start off the simcha, that you're taking the initiative. While you're doing the mitzvah, what do you mean? What's the simcha? God's standing with you. He's moving your muscles. He's, he's causing you to do it. Now you're, you have free choice and... He's only causing you to do it because you took the, the choice. But while you're doing it, there's no simcha. And after you did the mitzvah, you should be the simcha that you had the zechus to do the mitzvah. The same thing with the heavenly angels. When they do the will of God, they're not happy. They're not doing it. God created them and, and they, so to speak, have the good, they, they have the understanding this is what they need to do. There's no simcha while they're doing the mitzvah. The simcha is in the jumping. We know malachim, they jump to do the bidding of God. And then they're happy after. So listen to this. Somebody asked me, it's, it's out of order. It's not out of order. It's in order. They're happy when they leave the side, they, when they leave the shamayim to do the mitzvah. And they're happy when they come back. But while they're doing it, they act in fear um, to do the will of Hashem. So I had the Zchus to send this to Rabbi Feiner, and he was very pleased. And then I shared with him the following Vart, which also he loved very much. 
So we see it's very important. You start off this year with a good joke. Yeah? We know everything, every good Jewish practice is alluded to in the Torah. Where in the Chumash is there a Remez that you should start learning with a joke? Guess which parasha it's in? Parashas Ekev. Guess which Pasuk in Parashas Ekev? The first Pasuk. V'hoya! Ein v'hoya el alashen simcha! Ekev! Rashi Tevois. Koidem Esek v'tayra. V'hoya! You should be the simcha. Ekev! Koidem Esek v'tayra. Then... You'll understand the complex laws, even those laws that are kasha and difficult and uh, uh, complex to understand. So this great practice of Rabbah, who would start off with Milsa Dabdihusa, and is a lesson when it comes to all mitzvahs, that all mitzvahs you should start off with Simcha, it's alluded to in the opening passage in Parshas Eket. V'hoya! Ein v'hoya Simcha! When should you be besimcha? Ekev, koidem, esek, batayra. If you do that, tishma'un, esha mishpatim ela, you'll understand the Torah better. So, Marv Rabbi we start with a joke, and of course, that's how you're supposed to end. So we're going to end now, so that all of you could run home to help your wives clean up the house, and to scrub the dishes, and you know, with that, I'm very serious. Rabbi have a great evening. Thank you so much.